Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Hey, before we jump into our topic today, I want to give a special shout out to a podcast that I had the privilege of appearing on. It's called Soul Work with Adi Shakti. We talked all about asking the right questions in the midst of difficult times. And Adi and her husband live in Costa Rica, where they provide yoga training and yoga retreats. And you can check out my episode on her podcast. I created a a shortened link just so you can get right to it. Go to insporising.com slash soulwork, S-O-U-L-W-O-R-K inspo rising slash soul work, we had a great conversation about asking the right questions in difficult times, and I think you will enjoy it. All right, on to our topic today. Who loves coffee? Yes, go ahead and raise your hand. Wherever you are in your home, your cubicle, and having lunch in your car, I see hands raised. Yes, across America, across the world, people are raising their hands. Why? Because you love your coffee. And that's why today's episode is all about cold brew coffee. You've seen it in the grocery store. You've seen it being sold at your favorite coffee shop, but do not mistake it for iced coffee. All right. There is a big difference. And I learned all about it today in my conversation with Rachel Dillon, the founder of Cold Brew Chick. Not only does she review cold brews and cold brew makers on her website, but she features interviews with roasters and baristas and coffee aficionados on her podcast. Now, in today's episode, you're going to learn how Rachel got hooked on cold brew coffee, the difference between hot coffee, iced coffee, and cold brew, what you need to look for when shopping for cold brew at the grocery store or at your favorite coffee shop. Now, quick spoiler alert, at the end of our conversation, I admit to Rachel that I've never tried a cold brew before, and that I've only tried coffee once when I was 12 years old. But I did tell her that I would try a cold brew just for her, and so she sent me this long questionnaire to determine which cold brew would align with my tasting palate. So if you want to watch me try that cold brew for the very first time, the video is embedded in our show notes on our website at insporising.com slash Rachel Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N. It's actually pretty funny, okay, because I've never tried a cold brew before, and it was a little dramatic, if I do say so myself. So check it out, insporising.com forward slash Rachel Dillon. All right, let's jump into my conversation with the one and only cold brew chick. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for taking time to hang with me today. Thanks for having me, David. All right, so let's start with a tough question. You know, okay. I know not, not one that you've you know answered many times before. What exactly is cold brew? And oh. how, how is that different from iced coffee? That is a tough question. Way to kick it off, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, so cold brew and iced coffee. Um, the biggest difference between the two is, you know, when we think of coffee, we think of, you know, espresso, hot brewed coffee, drip coffee, all of those coffees, including iced coffee, are brewed with hot water, right? So hot water is what is extracting the caffeine and the flavor from the coffee beans. Where cold brew differs, though, is that we're replacing the heat of that water with time. So instead of using a hot water, you either use a cold or room temperature water, and then you steep that coffee in that water for 
anywhere from eight to 24, sometimes 48 hours. And the result is because of that, you are pulling different compounds from the coffee. And then you're also leaving certain compounds in the coffee as well. So as an end result, cold brew has less acid in it, which is why people like me that have acid reflux can tolerate it better. Usually you get more richer, chocolatier, that's a word, notes in the cold brew versus iced coffee. Um, and it also lasts longer. So when you have an iced coffee, you know, it's hot coffee that ice just got thrown into. So when that happens, um, something called oxidation starts to happen. And that's when oxygen um, affects the flavor and um, the compounds of that coffee. And when you have a cold brew, that doesn't happen because the heat was never present. So you can keep cold brew in the fridge from anywhere from two to three weeks. So it has a longer shelf life as well. Wow. I had no idea. That's a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. And the flavors don't change over the course of that two to three weeks as much as hot coffee would. Right. They can still change a little bit because oxidation will still happen. It's just not going to be to the extent of hot coffee. So sometimes maybe in three weeks, you might notice more chocolate or maybe you notice more blueberry. You know, it will be very subtle, but it's not going to be as drastic as if you kept an iced coffee in the fridge for even five days. You will definitely know it's been in there for a while. Now, when did you become passionate about cold brew? How were you introduced to it? And why did this capture your palate, so to speak? Yeah, I, so I was always just a hot coffee drinker and I didn't drink coffee until um, I had a little change in college. So I came back home and when I did, that's when I discovered hot coffee and I started to drink whatever my parents made. And I loved it. I just loved the taste of black coffee. was happy to drink a black didn't feel the need to explore the world of espresso or lattes and just drink my black coffee. Um, but about two to three years later, I noticed I would get um, heartburn and acid reflux after I had hot coffee. And it wouldn't happen with anything else except hot coffee. And I got really bummed because, you know, obviously acid reflux is not good. And I didn't want to spend a lifetime, you know, having a relationship with a Tums bottle and having to take one anytime I had coffee. And then I loved coffee because I love the taste and the caffeine. So I was, I was kind of in this conundrum of what do I do? Do I cut out something I love or do I just kind of suffer through it? And lucky for me around this time, the popularity of cold brew was really growing. And it was at this point now that Starbucks was starting to serve it. You would find it in your grocery stores and more and more education was coming about it as well. So when I heard that this was a lower acid product, I thought, oh, well, maybe this is my solution. So I'll never forget, I went to my first cold brew is at a shop called Wholesome Coffee in North Park, San Diego. And I had it and it was as if fireworks went off. It was incredible. Not only did it taste the best coffee I ever had, but when I was done, I I felt great. I had no acid reflux whatsoever and it had a little extra caffeine. So I felt a little more perky and I thought, this is it. This is my solution. And ever since then, that's all I drink. So does all cold brew have more caffeine than hot brewed coffee? It depends. And the, there's like a little bit of a caffeine conundrum with cold brew um, because that was one of the marketing points for it very early on was that you know, it's a smoother drink, it's less acid and has more caffeine. And that's true and it's also not true. It depends on a lot of factors. And the problem is because of all these factors, it's difficult to test the caffeine of cold brew. It's expensive and you have to ship it off somewhere. So most people don't actually really know how much caffeine's in their product. 
Um, some of the factors would be if it's a lighter or darker roast, lighter roast coffees tend to be a little bit more higher in caffeine. Um, if it's an Arabica or Robusta bean, Arabica coffee beans are pretty much what we consume because they taste better, but sometimes you'll get Robusta in a blend if it's meant to be higher caffeine, or if you take an instant coffee, that's where you find the Robusta. Um, if how long it was steeped for, if it was steeped for longer, sometimes it will pull a little bit more caffeine. If they did a hot bloom, so sometimes shops like to saturate the coffee grounds in hot water for about uh, anywhere from a couple seconds to five minutes, and then they start the cold brew process. And there's debate on whether that's truly cold brew or not, but if that happens because that hot water was there, it will pull a little bit more caffeine as well. On average though, per ounce, cold brew is definitely up there as one of the higher caffeine coffee products. Um, and it could range, you're drinking eight to 16 ounce cold brew, it can be anywhere from I want to say 200 to 300 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. Now you just mentioned that some coffee shops do the cold brewing process differently than others. What are, is there a standard way to do that, that a coffee shop would have? Um, Are all coffee shops the same in terms of cold brewing? Break it down for us. Help us understand what's going on behind the, behind the scenes there. Behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. And actually, when I started Cobra Chick and all of this, that was my biggest thing was education. You know, so when I would go to all these shops in San Diego and drink the cold brew, I would ask people, you know, how do you make your cold brew? What beans do you use? And that really showed me what people are doing and how they're making cold brew. And from that, I learned that for the most part, everybody makes cold brew the same way. Um, there's two main ways you can make it. There's either what we call an immersion style or a drip style. An immersion is when you take the coffee grounds in the water and they're completely mixed together and you let them steep. How you do that, there's different ways. Um, Toddy would be the most popular. Um, It's also one of the oldest cold brew makers and that's what Starbucks uses. Um, There's also a company called Alto. There are bags that you can use where you put the coffee in there and then you put it in water. That's an immersion style. And that's what most people do. Where it varies is if shops, for how long they do it for, you know, sometimes it's eight, again, like sometimes it's 48 hours. Every shop has their own idea of what is best for them. And then also um, the size of their coffee grounds. Typically with cold brew, you want a very coarse grind because the bigger the grind, the slower the extraction. And since you're extracting for a long amount of time, if you have these super, super fine particles, it's going to extract very quickly. And if you, you know, you're doing this for 48 hours, you're going to have a very over extracted coffee that may not taste the best. So usually they'll go with a coarser, sometimes a little bit less coarse, depending again on the shop. Um, And then also getting back to like that hot bloom. Sometimes shops like to do that um, because they want to pull out more acidic notes, which by acidic, I don't necessarily mean the acid. It's more like bright um, floral, sometimes lemony notes in coffee, that hot bloom will pull some of those. Um, and again, sometimes the caffeine comes out a little bit more. So sometimes shops will do that. The other style is the drip style. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Hot, you're saying bloom, B-L-O-O-M. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Okay. Yes. Uh, and so just to recap, uh, some shops, did you actually say that they take the ground up beans and the grounds and put them in water without a bag, like just straight into the water? Yeah. So depending on how they're making it. So say, for example, they're doing a toddy, which if you've ever seen a toddy, it's almost like a big bucket. Um, And then you have a filter at the bottom. So what you would do is you'd have your coffee grounds in there. You would pour some hot water and it would be just enough so that all the grounds are saturated. Then you let it bloom for however much time. And then you would add your cold water 
and start the process. Okay. And then some, some people put the grounds in, in a bag, uh, almost mm-hmm. like a, like a uh, tea bag, I yeah. would something like that. Okay, great. So that's the immersion method. Mm-hmm. You're baptizing yeah. the coffee. <laughs> Actually, that's true. You Come really on are. now. Yes. Yeah, okay. you, can, you can play some music. You can say a little prayer over it. I mean, yes. it's truly yeah. a moment. <laughs> now, you know, because of my spiritual background, I'm going, oh my gosh, you're baptizing the coffee like a Baptist where the drip is like the, you know, mainline churches that are just dripping a little water on your forehead. Okay. Yeah, ahead. like the That's... like the babies. <laughs> yes, yes. Go ahead. My apologies. Except, except we don't baptize people for eight hours. That would be... Oh, yeah. That would be rough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, so immersion style, yeah, this is less common. And this is just because um, the technology you would use to do this can be a little bit more expensive. And the drip style is where you have water that drips through the coffee grounds and then comes out at the bottom as the cold brew. And the most popular and well-known um, instrument used to do this is called the Kyoto Drip Tower. And it actually came from Japan. Um, Japan invented this creation and it's this beautiful wood glass tower um it's a bit pricey which is why not everyone does it but it's really cool to look at and essentially what happens is you have your water at the top and then you have this little cylinder where the water drips through literally drop by drop by drop and then you have right here your canister with your coffee grounds and it drops through the coffee grounds and then at the bottom you'll have a drop you know that's now saturated and then it goes through the cylinder into your collecting jar where the cold brew will be so that one takes less time. It Depending on how fast you have your drops going, sometimes people do one drop per second. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Um, that will determine how long it takes for the cold brew to be created. But on average, it's about around four to eight hours to make that happen. Now, one of the things that I read was that you found in your uh, journey of coffee shops that some coffee shops sell iced coffee as cold brew. Is that right? Yes. Speaking of cardinal sins, this is what I believe is truly one of them. Yeah, of course. And how did, I mean, how did you discover this? Just by asking or you tasted the difference or? Um, a combination of both. Sometimes when I would go to shops, you know, anytime I go to a shop now, ever since I started this, I always ask what beans they use and how they make it because I'm always trying to learn. Right. And I remember I'd go to a shop and I'd ask them about their process and they wouldn't say with nice coffee. They would just explain their process or they would say, Oh, we, it took us eight minutes to make it. And as I kind of prodded a little bit more, I realized, well, wait a minute, this is an iced coffee. Then it's not a cold brew. And it's an awkward situation, right? Because this is a coffee shop that's clearly advertising it as a cold brew, but upon my discovery, it's an iced coffee. So I like, it's hard for me because I don't want to call them out and then be like, oh, well, you know, you should call that a nice coffee because then it's awkward and I don't want to be rude. But deep inside, I'm like crying because it's like, oh my goodness, you're, you're falsely advertising on behalf of cold brew. And then sometimes when you taste it, it clearly does not taste like cold brew, it tastes like an iced coffee. Um, and if you ever taste the difference between the two, you know, cold brew is very smooth. Iced coffee, you can tell it is because it kind of has a bite to it. And that's the best way I can describe it. It's just like there's a little bite in there and that makes you know it's an iced coffee uh, what's also going on right now in the specialty coffee coffee world is that um, some baristas and some coffee professionals do not like cold brew because again it pulls more of the rich chocolate notes of coffee which I love and I know a lot of people do but a lot of people like more the brighter more acidic notes which is fine you know that's it's just a choice and so what they're doing instead of doing cold brew 
a different method that's better at pulling those notes is what's called a flash brew um, or better eyes known as like a Japanese flash brew. And what that is, is it looks like a pour over. Um, so if you ever gone to pour over, have you ever seen what it looks like? You have your grounds at the top and then you have your collecting jar right here and there's the filter. And then you see the Risa pours the water in centricular circles and then the coffee drips into your um, collecting jar for you to drink. So what a Japanese flash brew is, is you take away about half that water you would use to brew and you replace it with ice cubes in that jar. And what happens is you treat it like a pour over, you're gonna still pour the hot water, but what happens is as the coffee is brewed and it drips through the filter, it hits the ice cubes. So it automatically chills the coffee. And this has become, I mean, it's fun. They taste good. I like them because they are a little bit different and they're smoother than like an iced coffee where if you just brewed hot coffee and then put some ice in there and threw it in the fridge. But the problem is, again, people are doing this and calling it cold brew. And my thing is, I'm fine. I'm fine with flash brews, but call it a flash brew. Don't call it a cold brew. You know what I mean? Of course, these people are yeah. killing, <laughs> killing the cold brew. Yeah, that's not good. Okay, so what about going to a grocery store? Because I'm, you know, I know there's all types of brands. And is there anything I need to be aware of when I'm kind of trying to think about which one to choose from? Obviously, I can't taste it before I buy it. So who knows if I'm going to like it or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, help me understand that process. Yeah, there's like three things I would say to look for if you're going to go buy a cold brew. Um, and it's three questions you kind of have to ask yourself and then look for when you're shopping. So the first one is, do you want a concentrate or do you want a ready to drink? And the difference is a ready to drink is just that. It's ready to drink. You can pop open the bottle cap and you can start drinking that cold brew. A concentrate, however, is a very concentrated form of cold brew that has to be diluted. And I love concentrates because it gives you kind of that freedom. You know, if you're someone that likes a stronger coffee, you might buy a ready to drink and be a little bit bummed because it's a little watered down for your taste. So if you get a concentrate, you can add as much water as you want to your flavor preference. But it's something you want to look for because if you want a ready to drink and you accidentally buy a concentrate, you know, and you go to take a drink. Yeah, that could be a little rough. <laughs> so that's the first thing you want to figure out. Do you want a ready, ready to drink or a concentrate? Your next question, do you want a still cold brew or do you want a nitro cold brew? So nitro cold brew has, within the past couple of years, really taken off. Um, and now even Starbucks has made an initiative to have nitro cold brew at every single one of their stores, which, I mean, I like partied in my room when I heard that. I thought it was so cool. Um, if you're not familiar with nitro cold brew, what it is, is you are taking nitrogen gas and pressurizing it into the cold brew. And then it is either poured from a tap or in this case, you would pour it from a can. And as a result, the way that the nitrogen is incorporated, it creates this foamy, creamy texture in the cold brew and it cascades without adding any calories, any sugar, any fat. Um, and it's just something that's fun and different. I'm a huge fan of nitro. And I love now technology has gotten to the point where if you go to the grocery store and you buy it in a can, it's great. It's as if you're getting it from a tap. You can see the cascade, you can see the foam head. It's really cool. But not everybody likes that. Some people just want a still black cold brew. And I would especially say if you are someone that's trying to buy a can and you're going to drink it from the can, I wouldn't go for a nitro because with a nitro, you want to pour it into a cup to activate the nitrogen process. Um, so if you're going to go buy a cold brew and you're going to be drinking from the bottle, go with a still. But if you have a cup and you want to experience that foaminess, go with the nitro. Um, and then the last thing you want to look for is, do you want a black cold brew or do you want one that's going to be sweetened slash flavored slash with milk? 
because now we have kind of these two categories. We have the black cold brews and then we have the cold brews that either have sugar, they have a little bit of cream, you have like the draft latte styles from La Cologne. It's really broadened. Um, and some people like me, I prefer black cold brew. So I just, I usually go for that. But if you're someone that likes cream and sugar in your cold brew, and maybe you want that, you want to look for that on the label. And you might even want to look back on the nutrition facts and look at the ingredients to just make sure you know what's in there. Because sometimes labels can be a little deceiving and you're not quite sure, you know, what is lightly sweetened? Is that a lot of sugar or a little sugar? And what milk did they use? Um, is it a cow's milk or is it, you know, like a plant-based milk? Um, so just kind of taking that extra time, look on the nutrition label and make sure all the ingredients are okay based on your current dietary habits. But yeah, those are the big three. Whether you want concentrate or ready to drink, yep. um, still or nitro, and then black or flavored. Yeah. What about a can versus bottle? Is there any difference or flavor difference in, in between those two, no matter what you're drinking? Um, I don't think so. I would say, um, especially with nitros, I would never probably at this point buy a nitro in a bottle because the way that technology is, the nitro in the can usually has like a widget or something in there to help kind of kickstart the nitro. So I would say if you're going for a nitro, go for a nitro can, don't go for the bottle. You probably won't get a very good um, cascade. Mm -hmm. But as far as like bottle versus can, it's kind of your preference. I know glass is more environmentally friendly. So that's kind of more your mindset and go with the glass. Um, it's just kind of up to you. Before we continue our conversation, I want to encourage you to subscribe and listen to this podcast on your smartphone. Your phone comes preloaded with either the Apple Podcast or Google Podcast app. Open it up, search for Inspiration Rising, and click subscribe. Also, be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or even Twitter. Our username is the same on all the platforms, Inspo Rising. That's I-N-S-P-O. R-I-S-I-N-G. So what about cold brewing at home? I assume you do. Do you do this at home yourself? Oh, yeah. Every day. Every day. Okay. So tell me about the process and what are the options if I want to do this at home? Yeah. So there's a couple of things you can do. You can either buy a cold brew kit, which more and more companies are coming out with. And that's just going to be their coffee in a bag. And then you put the bags in a... Um, either like a pitcher or a glass container with some water, and then you just brew it at home. Or if you want to get creative and you want to get kind of more specialized in your cold brew, you can buy coffee beans and then you can buy a cold brew kit on your own. And there's so many out there now. Um, in fact, that's another thing I did is I have a YouTube channel where that's all I did was review cold brew makers because there are so many out there. And for me, a pitch, taking a picture of a maker doesn't do justice. You kind of have to see it being you know, use, right? So from that, um, I've discovered there's kind of like three main categories when it comes to cold brew makers. You got the bags um, and there's different bags that are out there. You have your um, immersion style, which is, you know, we talked about, which is the coffee and the water, but you have these makers now where they have a filter that's usually stainless steel that goes into a pitcher and then it's, it has a preset ratio for you of how much water and coffee to use. And then you have kind of like this hybrid of a bag and an immersion. So an example of that would be like the toddy kit. That one is where you can use a paper bag to put your coffee in there, but you still have another filter at the bottom. So it's kind of which one to pick. If you want to pick one, it's up to you. Do you want your cold brew process to be very simplified and you want something really easy? I would say go with the immersion style because that ratio is already determined for you. And it's literally, you put the coffee in that filter, you add your water, you're done. And it's all in one 
piece. Um, if you're looking to be a little bit more creative, maybe you want to make bigger batches, you want to have that freedom of, you know, kind of playing around with these smaller ones for yourself or maybe making a big one for a party, I say go with the bags. And my personal favorite bag is Alto Cold Brew. Um, I love it because it's very easy to use. They have ratios for you depending on what size you get. And then the material. I've never ever dealt with any sediment or any like sludge in my cold brew, which can happen if you're making it. And they're just fantastic. And they're a great price point. They're very cheap. They're my absolute favorite to make cold brew. But granted, you got to be a little bit creative because you have different sizes. So you got to know which size you want and then putting it in there. But I would say those are like the top three kits that are out there right now. And I'd really encourage people to watch your YouTube videos. I've watched a number of them and uh, they're super fun to watch and you're, you know, you're showing the process. So it makes it very helpful. And we'll, of course, link to your YouTube channel in the show notes, but uh, people can just search cold brood chick because there are not two of them. There's only one uh, <laughs> on YouTube. Only one. Uh, only one. Um, so what are, and I know this is like asking what you know who is your favorite child but what what are your favorite shops to purchase cold brew it's funny that you say that because that's usually what i tell people when they ask me i'd say it's like picking my favorite child right, <laughs> so it's, right, like, right. it's like you knew um you know i have that's rough i had a post about this recently where it's like you know i have favorites you know and i have cold brews that just have always stuck out to me for whatever the reason um the one that i always just it just stands out to me as, as within my journey of cold brew chick. And anytime I drink it is from a shop here in San Diego. It's in Rancho Bernardo called Mostra Coffee. And they have a cold brew. It's called One Brazilian Coconut. And what they did is my first immersion cold brew, which in immersion, when you're doing the cold brew process, you add other ingredients as well. And what they did is they added coconut. So while the cold brew was steeping, the coconut was steeping with it. And I had no idea that this could even happen in cold brew until I went and I visited their shop and they let me taste it and everything. And the first time I tried it, I, my mind was literally blown because it was so rich and decadent in that coconut flavor. And I love coconut and coffee. It's one of my favorite combinations. And this just nailed it. It was so good and it had no extra you know, calories or sugar or anything. It was just phenomenal. And to this day, it is one of my all-time favorite cold brews. Anytime I'm in the area, I go and grab one. In fact, I'm going to grab one today because I'm going up north and going past them. So I'm going to go get one. What's um, the name of the shop again? Say it for me. It's Mostra Coffee. M-O-S-T-R-A. Very cool. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure to link to that. And it's called One Coconut. Bra one Brazilian coconut. Brazilian uh, coconut. Yeah. They call it that okay. because the coffee used for it is a single origin Brazil. Okay. Very fun. All right. I know it's picking your favorite children. You just did it. You picked your favorite child. What's <laughs> right. one of my favorites? One of them. And how about uh, a bottled or canned cold brew from a grocery store? One, is there a particular grocery store that you find has a better selection? And then two, you know, is there a particular cold brew that you like more than others? Yeah. Honestly, at least here in San Diego, the shop that always has the best selection is Whole Foods. They have their own little cold brew section and it's a fridge. It's huge with just cold brew. It's just, it's crazy. However, I know that's not in everyone's price point. And even sometimes like I'm like oh, $6 for a cold brew. I can't do that. Um, so Ralph's, um, which I believe would be Kroger on the mid or East coast is also another great one where it's a little bit more in like the price point and they have some bigger 
well-known names. Um, as far as my favorite, oh, that one's even harder. <sighs> I really like, um, as far as Nitro goes, I like Stumptown, which is one of like the OGs when it comes to cold brew. They have a Nitro cold brew called Hairbender that they came out with last year. And it literally is a hair bender. It is so strong, not only in caffeine, but in taste. And I love it because it's such a good wake me up. So when I know that either I've had a long night or I have to get up early and I need that kick in the pants, that is the cold brew that I go to. Um, as far as still cold brew, I like, okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit. This is a, it is a can of cold brew and it is in shops, but this is more of a San Diego exclusive. Um, is Modern Times. They are a brewery here in San Diego that has grown now to become a coffee roaster and seller. And they are expanding. So if you live in Oregon um, or in Northern California, you can purchase them. But they can cold brew and they are always canning new cold brews. I mean, I feel like every month they're releasing a new cold brew and they do really unique things with their cold brew as well. They'll do what's called bourbon barrel aged. So that's where you take coffee beans and you put them in a bourbon barrel. You let them sit for an extended amount of time and the beans um, absorb some of the aromatics of the bourbon or sometimes you know it's whiskey or whatever was in that barrel and that flavor will then transfer when you brew the coffee so the bourbon barrel cold brews have been fun and they're always releasing ones that with different single origin coffees um, and they're always highlighting blends and single origins and so i love their cans they always do a great job of making cold brew and i love picking up their latest can and seeing what they've done with cold brew all right, awkward question moment. I've always got to ask one awkward question, Rachel. No problem. Do you happen, I'm married, so this is not for me. Okay. Okay. Do you happen to have a special someone in your life? I do not, no. Now, would you be open to dating someone who did not enjoy cold brew? Um, well, my follow-up question would be, Why? <laughs> why, why don't they like cold brew? Is it because they like hot coffee? Is it because they're one of those people that like flash brews? Do they not like coffee at all? That would be my follow-up question because if they don't like coffee at all, that could be rough. If it's because they, they like hot coffee, they don't like cold coffee, I could, I could, I could do that, you know, because we could still go to coffee shops and stuff. They just would order something else. And if it's because they like flash brew, then that's a little bit more acceptable because maybe I can get them to like cold brew. What if they only like iced coffees that are sold as cold brews? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why? <laughs> I hope that's not true. I hope someone's not like that. But I mean, you know what? I should take that back because I've always told myself I never judge because I'm also um, I'm in the process of becoming a dietitian. And one of my core beliefs, you know, or values as you know, a nutrition expert is that I never judge people's food choices. You know, everyone picks what they eat and picks what they drink for different reasons that we may never know. So, you know what, if someone enjoys iced coffees disguised as cold brews, I'm not going to judge them. You enjoy it. <laughs> You're secretly judging. I know it. I can see it in your heart. I, but I'm not saying it, so you'll never know. <laughs> so you mentioned you are in the process of becoming a registered dietitian, which is mm -hmm. quite an amazing process and journey. Um, and I've looked at your, I was stalking your LinkedIn and saw that you've done all of these internships at all of these amazing hospitals in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. Um, are you close to being done is my first question. Yes. I 
Well, define done. You mean done with the internship or done in the, like, as in I Becoming a registered dietitian. That is to be determined. I finished my internship here within a couple of days, but then the next step is you have to take the exam to actually get your credential. And that is where I don't know when I'm taking it yet. Um, it's a very tough, it's a very hard exam and it's based on a lot of things, a lot of things you wouldn't think dietitians would need to know about. Um, and that's just, it, I don't know when I'm going to take it yet. Depends on how much I study and when I feel ready, I may never feel ready, you know? So hopefully that I'm planning to take it by the end of the month because I'm very anxious to start working, but yes, the end is in sight. Is there a section on coffee? Um, you know, there might be, because I remember having this, I had a question about coffee in one of my exams in school. And it was about does dark roast or light roast coffee have more caffeine? And I was happy I got it right. So there could be, who knows? Uh, Speaking of caffeine, as someone who's becoming a registered dietitian, what are, what do we need to know about caffeine? You know, is it a concern? Should we be aware of it? Or should we consume as much as possible? (laughs) <laughs> I never promote that. Um, I actually had a series I did last year called Please Drink Responsibly because I had the same question myself. You know, being around people in the coffee industry, I would see people downing coffee all day. And I couldn't help but think that that is so unhealthy. And how are they doing that and being healthy? Are they healthy? I don't know. So I took 30 days off of caffeine myself. I wanted to take a caffeine break and I wanted to learn more about the effects of caffeine. Um, it, it explore decaf coffee too, because I feel like that's something that gets very kind of poo-pooed on, you know, it's like, oh, it's decaf, um, but just explore what's out there. And I learned a lot. And the biggest thing with caffeine is that it is far more individualized than I think we think it is. Um, I spoke to a couple of naturopathic doctors about this and their thing is it really depends on for caffeine, whether you're a fast or a slow metabolizer. And what that means is when you take caffeine, does your body utilize it really quickly or does it kind of hang around a bit? And the the hard way to know if you are or not is you can take a test, a DNA test and find out. The easy way to know is just look at your own caffeine intake and see what it does to you. If you're someone that can drink caffeine at nine o'clock at night and then go to sleep, you're probably a fast metabolizer. If you're someone like me where I got to cut myself off by 3 p.m. Otherwise, I'm not sleeping good. You're more of a slow metabolizer. And then you have those people that are very slow where they have one cup and they're just jittery and it just doesn't work for them. So that's how you can kind of gauge whether you're a fast or a slow metabolizer. As far as the health benefits of caffeine, there's been more in favor of caffeine than against caffeine when it comes to research studies. So I would say if you are someone that enjoys the effects of caffeine and you don't have any underlying issues that you feel like it would disturb it. I say, go for it. There was a study that came out recently was saying you can drink 24 cups of coffee and be fine. And (laughs) I mean, I still, even if that's true, I probably wouldn't do that just because, you know, if you're drinking coffee, 24 cups of it, then you're not drinking water. You're not drinking other liquids. Right. So for me, you're just sitting in the bathroom all day. Yeah. Who wants to do that? (laughs) Um, So my personal like rule that I've set for myself is I have one cup of cold brew a day. And I have it before 3 p.m. And that's just kind of more for me to be safe um, and make sure I don't overdose it because I have had a caffeine overdose. It's not pleasant. Um, And just make sure that I sleep at night because I'm really big about sleep. But it's also, I mean, I hate to say it's up. It depends on you, but it really does. It's just, it takes a little bit of experimentation for you and your caffeine tolerance to kind of see where you stand. It is fascinating because I have, you know, friends like yourself that go, okay, yeah, I can't have caffeine after this time or whatever. And I remember in college, 
I'd have a Mountain Dew right before bed, literally drink it and then go to sleep. <laughs> and this doesn't like, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to impact me as, as much. So, um, I know you just got back from a coffee fest in Indianapolis, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. And there's another one in Los Angeles in August. Um, yes. so there will, there's, this will come out before that. Um, I know the event isn't necessarily open to the public. It's for people who are in the coffee industry. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And what, what is it, what is it all about? Tell us about it. Yeah, Coffee Fest is a trade show for people either that are in the coffee industry, either they're a barista, they're a shop owner, they're a roaster, people that are thinking about becoming a barista, a shop owner, or a roaster, um, or people like me that do media about coffee or you know something coffee-related. And it's just a kind of a gathering of people to learn and to kind of have some fun. So there's classes every day, there's booths uh, with different you know roasters and coffee shops and whatnot. And then there's competitions. And why I started going and the main reason I go is they have an America's best cold brew competition. So 32 cold brews compete against each other to take the title of America's best. And they have a still category and then they have a nitro category. So that's where I actually had my first caffeine overdose. It was the first time I went to this competition day one, trying these 32 cold brews. I was not smart about it and it was very rough. Were you a judge or just someone who was tasting? I was just a spectator. Um, okay. The way that they do it is they have three judges that um, will anonymously um, blind test the cold brews. And then you can walk down. They have a row with the competitors. You can walk down and then taste them. And then there's a ballot where you vote. So, yeah, the first time I was like, yeah, I'm voting and whatever. What and happened to you? I just, I felt lightheaded. I felt like I almost was walking on air and I don't like that. I like to feel grounded. Um, I felt like my heart was racing a little bit too fast and I felt, I felt hungry. I felt like I was starving and needed to eat, but my mm. stomach felt full. It was a very uncomfortable feeling mm. and I knew I needed to eat cause I hadn't eaten all day. Um, and I, I knew I needed to be drinking water, but again, my stomach felt full because you know, that's one of the effects of caffeine. It's mm -hmm. um, an appetite suppressant. So my stomach was saying, no, nothing. And I'm like, yes, I need to eat. Mm. So it's just the combination of all those three was just very unpleasant. And it didn't go away for, I think, two hours. Oh, so, man. Yeah. But I've learned, I have learned since then. Yes, I haven't experienced that since that happened. Um, but every day, you know, it whittles down a little bit. And by the end, the third day of the expo, you're down to four stills and then four nitros competing for first second and third so that's always a lot of fun because it's i mean it's coffees from all over the nation and even here at the indie one it was actually a lot of people from the midwest so a lot of people from indy chicago wisconsin and i never tried cold brews from those areas before so it was really cool to see kind of like what their cold brew philosophy is what they did with their cold brew um and then the one in la coming up will be a lot of people from san diego la Washington, Portland, the surrounding states. So it's always just a fun collaboration of coffee people and cold brews. That's great. Awesome. So we'll make sure we link to Coffee Fest in LA as well, just so people can find out about that. Um, so if people want to connect with you, it's coldbrewchick.com. And you're on Instagram, you're on YouTube with some great videos. And of course, last but not least, your podcast. Yeah. You, do like t tell me tell me about your podcast if somebody hasn't listened sell it to them right now 
Yeah. The Cobra Chick podcast was designed to highlight either fantastic cold brews or cold brews that are incredibly unique. And I started this podcast because when I would go to the coffee shops to do my review and to check them out, I would sometimes be sitting there for an hour, an hour and a half talking to the owner about their coffee and their journey and cold brew philosophies. And I finally had this idea, you know, why don't I record these conversations and then share them? Because there has to be at least one other person out there that would find this as interesting as I do. So that's how that started. And now we're at this Thursday, I think is going to be 52 or 53 episodes, which to me, it's kind of crazy that I could come up with 53 episodes all on Cold Brew, <laughs> but it's still growing. Um, and it's just really cool to see what people are doing with Cold Brew. I mean, like I said, there's the immersion style that most her does, but there, there's so much more. And I, right now, I think we're at the point with Cold Brew that we are beyond just the basic black and even nitro. We are expanding into other realms and other ways that Cold Brew could be used. Um, for example, Cold Brew gummy bears are now a thing. I saw that. Yeah. And other even in food items, correct? Mm-hmm. I saw Cold, cold Brew marshmallows are going to be coming out in a couple months. Just like Things you would have never thought would even exist are happening. It's crazy. So I'm just grateful to share these stories and these journeys and be along for the ride. Very cool. Very cool. All right. I have a a coffee confession for you to end our time together. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know. Am I? Okay. <laughs> so you're sitting down, so it should be okay. Um, okay. Number one, I've never tried a cold brew ever. Okay. Gasp. Go ahead, gasp. No, no gasping. Just... Okay. What do you think the percentage of people who have never tried, who are coffee drinkers that have never caught, tried a cold brew is? What do you think the percentage is? Wait, do you have it? Do you know what it is? I don't. I don't oh, okay. actually, but Sorry, I should. I'll research it. I'll research it. <laughs> um, I would guess maybe 50%. 50%. Okay. Because, it's that. Yeah. Because it's a it's a newer thing. And it's a, so a lot of people are obviously used to drinking coffee hot. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is some people do not like cold coffee. And right, that's, right. Like, that's my parents. My, I've tried so hard. And they you know, my parents for cold brew. No, they just love hot coffee. And the idea of drinking cold coffee to them is yeah. weird. So yeah. it's not even it's not even a cold brew thing. It's just a cold coffee thing. Yeah, it's kind of a negative. Uh, my coffee's cold. I don't want it to be cold. Yeah. Um, okay, so probably 50%. So that's pretty high. So, But I will tell you, in my research for our conversation, I'm just super fascinated. And I love learning from you. I mean, all of these different aspects. It's so cool. So that's that's confession number one. Confession number two, I have tried coffee one time when I was 12. Okay. And I, I guess it didn't end well. <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, I don't think I'm into it. I've never had coffee since then. Isn't that crazy? I mean, the percentage of people like me has got to be super low. I've just never had it. It just doesn't. But I will tell you, I don't like hot drinks. I'm not into hot drinks. I was telling my family this last night at dinner. I'm like, I'm interviewing Rachel and I feel so bad. I'm learning all these things and I've never even had coffee. But <laughs> uh, because I like cold drinks, mm-hmm. um, I might try a cold brew. I might try it. I might try it. Yeah. My son, I know. My son's 16. He loves them. I've never had them. I, should try, I think I should try one, at least one. Ooh, I will help yeah. you find the best one for you. We'll talk. Are there, are there carbonated cold brews? I know the nitro sounds a little bit like that, but like, yeah, oh, you don't it's like actually, carbonated cold brew. Oh, here's 
well, here's the thing with carbonation and coffee. And I didn't know this until I tried a carbonated cold brew is that, you know, carbonation, it's CO2 gas. And mm-hmm. when you add CO2 to coffee, it does not end well. It does not have a good effect on coffee. The, so, the, flavor, the flavor profile changes. Yeah. So once upon a time, there were, there were cold brew sodas on the market. And I tried them very early on. And I hated them. They were just, to me, they were disgusting. I did not like them at all. No, and they're gone now. They actually, they're off the shelves. Okay. Um, so there hasn't been any cold brew soda for a while, but very slowly I've seen more and more shops um, offer different creations. So one yep. that I've seen is cold brew and cherry Coke. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they oh, add like gosh. a little like sarsaparilla. Yeah. Ah. And when you, it's like when you put it that way, that sounds pretty good. I would try that. Um, so that's, it's, I think it's like adding a bunch of, uh, creamer to your coffee. People are like, what are you doing? What are you doing to the coffee? You're killing it. Yeah. It's a little, I mean, out there. Um, but I'm down to experiment and try it. And I think that's where they're going to go is more in that kind of like craft, mm-hmm. almost like mocktail creation. Um, and we might see a day where canned cold brew sodas come back, but it's, it's just very tricky because again, that yeah. CO2, it's not the best partner mm-hmm. for cold brew. I will soothe your soul in that I don't drink beer or wine either. It's not a moral reason or something. It's just like, I just never got into it. So it's not like I'm anti-coffee or, you know, I just, I'm pretty focused on Diet Dr. Pepper. Like that is my, if I, I should make a Diet Dr. Pepper guy.com podcast. That's what I should do. Yeah. And you can like highlight all the different. Well, I mean, you never know because there's, I feel like places like um, in Asia, they always do really funky, fun sodas. So maybe they're doing diet. I know they're coming out with a coffee Coke. So maybe they're going to come out with a coffee oh. dyed Dr. Pepper. There you go. Well, I will tell you um, that uh, the other day I interviewed a gal named Lindsay Elmore and she is, uh, she calls herself the pharmacist. She is a pharmacist that is completely consumed and focused just as much as you are about cold brew about essential oils. I mean, it is an obsession with essential oils and she actually did get me to buy some essential oils. So you have that going for you that I, I will probably, you've, you've talked me into it. I'm going to try a cold brew. (gasps) Oh, okay. So, but now I feel like the pressure's on me. I got to find you the right one to make you like it. Oh shoot. I'm, I'm in, I'm in orange County. So you're, yeah. you're next to me. Yeah. You I actually it. am going to San Diego for three days in the month of July. So if you tell me, you know, maybe I could try the single Brazilian coconut. One Brazilian coconut. One Brazilian yeah. Ooh, I like this challenge. I'm going to do it. I'm going to find the best cold brew for you. That's going to make you fall in love. It's going to happen. All right. I'll drink it. And then I'll tell people at the end of this episode, what I thought of it. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Well, Rachel, uh, I, I am inspired. And here's one of the reasons why I'm inspired by you is because this is a great example of how people can find their passion in anything, right? You're going to be a dietitian, but this is part of your life and part of your passion. And one of the things that I love to do is help people find their passion and that it can be anything. Like you found your passion in cold brew. That sounds ridiculous to me. But when I talk to you, I'm like, yes, you are awesome. This is part of your purpose in life. This is part of your meaning. You know what I mean? You're leading the charge and providing not only education, but, but really more than education, you're providing community. 
like that you're helping people get connected to one another, right? You're, you're benefiting from the community of cold brew. Other people are benefiting from the, the community of cold brew. And I think that's really, that's really inspiring. And so as people that are listening, that are going, Oh, well, what am I interested in? Oh, I'm interested in this particular type of flour or this particular type of beer or this particular thing in life. There, if you're interested in it, there are tons of other people that are interested in it. And that's a great way to create community and connection and life change. And you're doing that. So I'm, I admire that. Great job. Oh, thank you, David. (laughs) So good. So good. So good. Okay. So we'll promote you everywhere. Coldbrewchick.com. Everybody's got to go there. And if you can't remember that, like my producer, Kristen, I'm going to out her right now. She kept calling you coldbrewgal.com and I'm Googling you and I'm like, I don't see a cold brew gal. I see a cold <laughs> brew chick. She, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's funny because that was one of the names. When I was creating the name, um, I was very against cold brew chick because I was convinced that people were going to hear chick and think yeah. of baby like chickens. Oh, oh yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be associated with baby chickens. And so I was like, oh, I can't be cold brew chick. But then everything else, like nothing else fit you know and cold brew queen was taken so i was like i guess cold brew chick i'm envisioning the cold brew process like you throw in coconuts you just throw in baby chicks to spice up (laughs) (laughs) that is one cold brew i would not drink (laughs) i got a feather in my mouth (laughs) all right rachel thanks so much for being with us thanks for having me check out coldbrewchick.com and listen to the cold brew chick podcast on apple or google podcast or right on Rachel's website. And you should definitely check her out on Instagram. She posts some really fun stories documenting all the coffee shops and cold brews that she checks out. It's great. It's cold brew chick on the gram. Now, as promised, I want to tell you that Rachel suggested, and I can't even say this correctly, La Colombe Vanilla Draft Latte. La Colombe, is that how you say it? I don't know. Gosh, do I sound ultra white? She's... La Colombe Vanilla Draft Latte. And if you watch my first experience, you will find out that it's okay. It's like not too bad, but I just don't like the taste of coffee. And so it tasted like coffee. Duh, it's a cold brew coffee. But I think you'll find the video pretty funny when I did it on Facebook Live. Insporising.com slash Rachel Dillon. That's where you can check out the show notes. All the links to her uh, website and the coffee places that she mentioned in San Diego, as well as her social media accounts. So check it out. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you next time.